Good afternoon, Jamie. Keith, how is your day going? Uh, the day is actually kind of crappy, but that's just work stuff. So yeah, besides that though, things are going pretty okay. Yeah. I'm super jazzed about said side project that I'm working on. So it makes jazz hands to record jazz hands. Makes me very excited uh, to have this podcast episode today. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, man. Break it down. How's your day going though? I don't want to day my day. day. Yeah. Today, specifically today, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give it about a mm, six out of ten. Mm, seven out of ten. Okay. That's less of a bummer than six point seven three. Six point seven three. Yeah. Now you're just overly specific, but okay. Okay. It doesn't seem too bad. Could be worse. Yeah, could be better. Just a just a late start. Um not really feeling it today. I'm right there with you. I guess except for mine was an early start. The baby woke me up at four. So um, just been, I'm just tired. I'll have to but, give me another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much thinking like maybe not anymore of these. <laughs> so yeah. Anywho, to get, to get into side project stuff, let's recap what I was supposed to do last time and the previous time and probably the previous time, because that's how I roll. Uh, my goal was to get to where somebody could go into Pokedex and they could, when they're signed in, add a card to their collection and drum roll peas, they can do that now. So it actually is a real thing that somebody can do in my application. So, button it up. I actually shipped something, which is cool. Well, false. I have not actually pushed it out yet, but I did. It does work. The live viewness of it is pretty cool. Uh, it actually took an insane amount of work to kind of get done, but I was very enthusiastic about working on it. So I was able to put in the time. What was what was uh, so challenging or time consuming about it? So if we if we recall, I had previously all the like card stuff I'd been doing and searching and stuff on the site was all done through like a gen server in memory uh-huh. that had like mm-hmm. basically a giant list of hashes or maps that uh, would do some filtering and stuff on and dictionaries. Yeah, well, they're called maps and <laughs> I but, know. I'm just joking. Um, Every time I explain this in programming like courses, <laughs> I always have to be I always have to be like hash map dictionary associative array, like whatever you, you're used to hearing it called from different languages. It's a key value pair. That's what it is. JSON looking uh, stuff. Yeah, there you go. Object. So, yeah, all, all sorts of problems there, but struct. Yeah. Oh, God, that keeps going, doesn't it? But yeah, anywho, so. I had to get everything into the database, which meant I had to figure out how I wanted to model all these things. And originally I had the bad idea of using single table inheritance. Wait, you can do that in Ecto? No, which is good. (laughs) You can't do that in Ecto. I thought you couldn't. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to because I was like, it kind of makes sense, right? Like they're just different types of cards. But in that case, like certain cards have different fields and that kind of thing. So I ended up going down the route of using some embedded structs inside of Ecto. So I can have like JSON B for mm. like basically Pokemon cards, like the ones that are the actual Pokemon on them, mm-hmm. uh, have a lot more information than the other types of cards used in the game. And so I have a an embedded struct that is like the Pokemon info. So Does I that just have I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Does that just use the Postgres stuff? Yeah, just uses uh, yeah. Postgres under or, the hood. Yeah. I'm sorry, the JSON stuff in Postgres. 
is what yep. I meant to say. Yeah, so it uses JSONB to kind of, you know, serialize that in as efficient a way as possible. But the cool thing there is you can you can kind of deeply nest these things so that they deserialize back into maps and stuff that you can use easily. I so, got a question for you. Yeah, it's pretty neat. That that just came up mm-hmm. that since we're speaking of JSON. What I know the difference between JSON and JSONB in Postgres. One's binary, which is smaller, mm-hmm. right? Assuming. Yeah. What is, are there any other advantages or disadvantages to using one or the other? Do you know? I have no idea. Nope, I'm okay. a novice at using okay. these things. Yeah, I just picked. Oh. Like I was working on a project recently. I just picked JSON. I was like, eh, it just seems more portable. It's not binary. I don't know if there's any other advantages. So. I think if you use embedded schemas. They like that's what uh, the docs tell you to use basically. Okay, is like Ecto behind the scenes wants to move it, turn itself into a binary and just store it off. So cool, that's my understanding. So you have uh, like car, like a, a card database table, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that table has some quote like normalized fields like name or. Yeah, whatever yeah. Every, and then every some, card has some certain things and then there are some things that are very specific to certain types of cards so i put and, those in their own kind of struct gotcha cool cool yeah i haven't done the like it implemented the advanced search that'll go and search those fields on those cards if they have them kind of thing mm-hmm. i haven't done that mm-hmm. yet um so we'll, we'll see if that's going to come back to bite me but basically i went down that route so i was able to i had cards but then that meant i needed to convert all of this information that i had from the api that i had been using that provides these things i had to kind of write an importer to more or less like scrape this entire database from an api and convert these things all into the associated object that i have or the series of objects right like so i have i have the card itself each card belongs to a set that is released at a certain time. And it's like, it'll be like, this is card number one of 200 in Mm. this set named X. Right. Mm. Um, So there's an associated set and each set belongs to like a series, like every few years, basically Mm. every time a new Pokemon, like main series video game comes out, they like change the series of the, Mm -hmm. the, the stuff. And so that's also created at the time. There are artists that create like work on these cards and that's like a piece of the metadata, but I want to be able to have people actually be able to search by artists. So if, five cards are created by the same person. I had to have it create the artist and then you're going to love this. I had, I implemented like a find or create sort of thing Mm -hmm. inside of uh, there so that like when it's doing its casting process and the change set validation that it'll actually go and see if one exists. If it doesn't, it'll, you know, build things uh, appropriately. Cool. So, had to write the yeah. importer, then I needed to run the importer. And uh, I actually wanted to be able to clean up the data too. So I needed a, a UI to kind of modify these things mm. after they'd been put in the system. So I used a thing that popped up in like Elixir radar or whatever, like yeah. the, the Elixir newsletter. I used Kathy. App, yeah. Is that the uh, Rails admin stuff? Uh, y- yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, basically, which Rails admins based on Django admins. So I'm going to give the credit to the Django admin people. Mm. But shout out. Um, Shout out Django. Um, but yeah, so that is actually pretty cool. It turns out the card is a little bit com- overly com- like the way that it does its reflection and stuff. It's not really meant to handle the deeply nested nature of like the embedded schemas that I'm using. So I think I'm actually going to have to go and customize some things to make them work. So it knows how to serialize different fields into forms mm-hmm. and stuff so I can modify them. But besides that, I mean, that's yeah, like that all went pretty smooth. I still have some stuff that I need to clear up because it turns out like over the course of uh, I could do like 20 some odd years, 
the cards that have come out, they've changed the rules enough times that certain cards have fields that like don't exist anymore or like old cards don't have they're missing data that is like standard on cards now. So my validations were a little bit too strict and I still have, I think like a hundred or so cards that like did not import properly. And I need to go through and figure out exactly what I need to modify in my import process to make all of the cards import correctly. Hmm. How many cards are, are in your database? Uh, there's like 12,000, something like that. Nice. Nice. But yeah, so that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that is and a yeah. lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that's just like getting cards so I could, you know, display them. From that point on, I needed to like, okay, I need to do my querying properly and I need to set that up in my pagination for displaying them on the page. And uh, so I, I went and did that so that search just based on name still works. And dude, Ecto is baller. It is so nice to work with. Like building out my pagination and my... um my search and then also adding in like if you're signed in i want to have it go fetch the kind of join table that i call owned cards so that it can display the number that you have collected on the on the little card as it's you know displayed to you and doing that was like super easy it's also kind of neat because i was like doing like i had to do like a left join and i wanted to even though the left join was going to join on like basically what is a has many field i was able to tell the schema that it has one and uh ecto like behind the scenes implicitly realized that it was getting a list and just took the first one because mm. there was only one in the list that was returned which was pretty cool so i still had the ability to be like card dot owned card dot count or nice. whatever and i was kind of amazed that that even worked but yeah super fast um yeah works really well just using pattern matching and stuff so it's yeah it's i have a love cool. hate I have a love-hate relationship with Ecto. I think their API and the the number of different ways you can query. You know, uh -huh. they have the query, they have the the pipe operator, stuff like that. You can use strings. That stuff, like, it, it's just like too much of an API to remember. So I'm always yeah. like going back and looking how to do certain. Like, I just had to do a join, and I. I prefer, I got a question for you too. What mm -hmm. do what format, format's not the right word, but what API do you like to use with Ecto? I'm not using the expression API. I'm using the like keyword list version of it where you're doing like from whatever join mm -hmm. colon. Yeah. I'm using that one. The query, the query uh, yeah. type. Yeah. I prefer the pipe. I don't know. I just uh -huh. like piping stuff in yeah. Elixir. So I prefer the pipe. So I was like looking, okay, I knew how to do it the join with the query, but join with the pipe is a little different. And it's just, yeah, I just don't like that part of, of Ecto. But yeah. I think it is a massive thing to learn, but mm -hmm. as I've been learning more of it, I'm like, this is super powerful the way it works. Oh, it is. Yeah. The like, repository well, pattern is, is dope. Yeah. Too. It's, it's pretty sweet. And, and the fact that you can use it for like, you can create objects that have validations on them using the same sort of syntax that you use for database models essentially mm -hmm. for things that don't are not database backed is pretty cool too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, in a previous iteration of Pokedex, I had used that for like more complicated filters that I had built out and doing filter validation on some things, even though it was like basically a form that had no database backing to it. And that worked out super well. So it was pretty cool. But the thing that I really liked is that I was able to send in like my parameters that I wanted to search on and do like enum.reduce criteria right? mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. gradually build up the query over time. Mm -hmm. And if it 
didn't pass it, if I didn't pass in a user, then it wouldn't try to, you know, do the join and, uh, pull in the owned, uh, card information and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Hmm. That is cool. The other thing is Ecto seems to be so freaking fast and it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's sweet. Like the, my queries are coming back in like a millisecond and <laughs> good, good job Postgres. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It also feels nice because that was one of the problems that I, you know, we've consistently kind of had in rails land is eventually like you run into problems where you're just like, God, this is really slow. And then mm-hmm. I would drop down and just do like an execute SQL and it would be blazing fast. Mm-hmm just because I wasn't serializing model objects in rails land. Yeah. Yeah. The and ORM is, is, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. But Ecto is, yeah, just, it's super freaking fast. So that's, that's been pretty cool. But. Have you been putting, um, like data database methods on the structs themselves? I, so the only thing I've put on the structs themselves are find and create like the finder create. I actually bake yeah. that into like my, you know how you use in like your controller, you'll do like use from whatever web controller or whatever, and it'll mm-hmm. import certain things. Well, I added one of those to like my business logic layer. So I can, I do like use Pokedex colon model and it'll pull in my, my yeah. like reflection based finder create yeah. uh, helper yeah. function. That's the only thing that knows about the database in my, in my model structs. Everything else goes in my like context object. Yeah, context tr- module. So I have like cards or so like a good one's my collection thing. Um, so I have a collections context and I do like collections dot increment card count and you pass it a user struct and a card struct. And then behind the scenes, it will like it will go and do an upsert on an owned card struct to like iterate on mm-hmm. the um, the actual number that this person has. If they have some, if they don't, it'll create uh, a record and then set it to one or whatever. Yeah, I've been trying to do that kind of stuff, too. Getting yeah. all the repository stuff out of the struct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I used to do the same thing. I would have a query object and, you know, use quote and unquote um, yep. stuff to reflection stuff to to use that. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to steer away from that now. I'm just trying to go straight, straight models with all business logic and then a repository that knows how to create, update, and delete those things. Yeah, the this finder create thing I still feel bad about, but it was like the easiest way for me yeah, to do what I needed yeah, to do yeah. because it needs to happen at like during the time I'm creating the change set. So, yeah, that was where I ran into that problems. And then I went and looked in Ecto's docs and they they do repo stuff while like when they're like injecting it in the pipeline for their change set stuff too. So I didn't feel as bad, but it's like I could probably find a way to move that entire thing into the context. Mhm. Um, but yeah, at the time it was just easier for me to try to, to just do it this way. Cause it was mm-hmm. a way that I was able to think about at the time. But, yeah. 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 So I did that stuff. And then, uh, the other thing that kind of came out of this last couple of weeks was friend of the show, um, Mark Myers, who took our rails class. What's up, Mark? Back in the day, he, uh, well, he had talked to us years ago about a project he was doing because he at the time worked for um, the a school district and somebody had asked him to like, hey, we're doing like a reverse raffle kind of thing and our machine broke. Can you like write us some software basically to do this? Hmm. And he, you know, I think he built something at the time, but he talked to us about it basically about like, hey, how would you guys go about building this? Like, what are the kind of tools and stuff? And at the time we were totally like, oh, yeah, you use Node and like Socket.io and stuff to kind of update the clients and whatnot. <laughs> um, now I would a hundred percent tell him to use live view and Phoenix, but, yeah. uh, anywho, Times have he, changed. 
he kind of like went back and revisited that thing and turned it into like an actual product that he launched over the weekend or like last weekend, oh, I think. Nice. And I went and I like checked out his product page and I was like, dude, I need to just get Pokedex out the door. Like Mark's doing yeah. this. Mark has more kids than I do who are younger than I have a kid. Like I can't, for, can't just be tired. Like he's, he's able to pull this stuff off. So like it really motivated me, put a little, a little fire under me to like kind of get some stuff done. So I did the, the tried and true approach of, basically trying to define what my MVP is going to be and then work backwards to figure out like, what are all the leaf node things that I need to work on, which I sent you my like mind map as effectively of like trying mm -hmm. to break out the, the tree of tasks that I need to work on. And I've been gradually like checking stuff off the list. And a lot of them are like little tiny things that I could go like get my EIN number for coder journeys so that I can actually have a tax ID. And you know, that was like a little thing I need to do. I'm like, I'm going to have to go open my Stripe account and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. been, you know, working through that and having like the finite set of like, these are the things I'm building. This is what I'm launching with. I'm not doing any other features, no matter how cool they are. Like I'm going to launch with just the basic plan of like adding stuff to your collection, the like more advanced, more expensive plans are going to come later because I don't need to have all three of the plans that I would like to have eventually when the first day I launch, like those can be things that I roll out incrementally later. And it's only does me a benefit if I get this thing out sooner. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. working through that thought process and figuring out what all the things that I needed to work on was actually really freeing because I was like, Oh, it's like, it looks like a lot of things, but like most of them are kind of little and they will get baked into like one pull request, you know? Like I have search and filter cards and there's like four or five different filter types that I want to do. And I'm like, those will, I'll work on those all at the same time. So it's like, I'll burn through a bunch of things simultaneously mm -hmm. and it won't be too bad to do it. And yeah, it's, I limited the the scope of the features I'm working on and I feel like this thing is pretty feasible and I have a, a date in mind for when I want to get this thing out and yeah, I'm excited. Do it. What's the date? Uh, so the date is, what is today? Today is June 24th. I just want to have, I'm going to be out the door with MVP by August 1st. So I'm going to have, uh, give myself all of July to get it out the door, but I should be able to do that. Nice, dude. Um, cool. I have lots to talk about, I'll say about this. So we'll probably come back to those two things that you talked about. Um, but that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, have you carved out like a time of when you're working on this or are you just... Uh, currently my enthusiasm level is so high that it's basically like every free moment I get. Yeah. So like after Eden goes to bed at night, I work on it for like another hour. Um, which is mostly when my stuff is happening. It used to be like, I would work on things in the morning because I would have a couple hours before, um, I would have to work on like Tuesdays and Thursdays, but like Tuesdays I'm taking off and watching Eden while, um, our, her grandma is recovering from a hip replacement because her grandma is the, our babysitter. Mm -hmm. So like that day it's just out the window. Um, and so Thursdays I do still Thursday mornings, I can still actually work on this. So I'm still planning on investing that time also, but yeah. You know what you Weekend, could do? You, you could get yourself, uh, you could get yourself a hip replacement. There you go. And then I you'll could. have all of July to work on it without any kids <laughs> and or work. The most expensive MVP <laughs> of all time. Uh, this is, I'm getting this elective, not necessary hip replacement. I'm pretty sure insurance Listen, you don't want to have, so. you don't want to be, you know, your grandma's age and be having hip replacements. So you might as well get them done, done now. Get them done now. Upgrade to titanium. Baby. I mean, now is the time to go to a hospital. You know what I mean? If there's any time to go to a hospital, now's the time. Uh, 
All right. Yeah. So that's me. Um, I guess intermediate goal between next time we record, I would like to be uh, a couple things. I want search and filtering to be successful. I want to have my card data cleaned up. Um, and I want to be able to properly filter cards and display uh, marketplace value on the cards. Cool. So basically I'm doing almost every feature besides decklist building. I'm going to save that for probably the sprint after. I'm sorry. You said what? Uh, it's, I'm more or less working on every like launch feature that I have mm-hmm. besides building decklists. Okay. So, decklists. Gotcha. Decklists. Yeah. Sorry. It sounds like other things, but deck no and other word. No um, worries. Yeah. So that, that's basically my goal. It sounds like a lot. And I'm looking at my thing here and I'm like, it's really, it's not that bad. Uh, um, and I'm pretty, pretty confident about going through it. Cool. So we'll have uh, two episodes before, before we launch. Maybe we'll have a, a special episode on launch day. Yeah, there you go. Maybe when I push the button, we can be recording. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe we could do a live launch. That's recorded. That'd be great. I'm like, I'm doing like a kube CTL apply, like shipping out my Docker image or whatever, and it just right. fails while we're recording. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll debug it. Your, your Kubernetes is there. You go. Up. Yeah. Uh, right. So cool. yeah, that was me. But how, how have your couple weeks been? You had a vacation in there too, right? Yeah. Let's talk about me. Uh, okay. Well, I'll talk about first uh, what I accomplished, and then I'll talk about future um okay so yeah i i did go on vacation i went into the mountains of tennessee where apparently the coronavirus does not exist in tennessee so if you want to get away from it look at that they're immune it's it's it looks like they're immune um so yeah we went out we rented a cabin in the woods and hung out with family did like woodsy outdoorsy things so that's Uh cool Nice. Uh, so that was a whole week. So what I wanted to accomplish was uh, getting the settings completely done for Reverb, which is the sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, I got... Oh, the other thing I need to figure out was the uh, deployment issues with the app, um, which I figured out. Oh, gotcha. Out. The iOS app. Right? Yeah, the iOS app. And uh, finally figured out all those. A lot of it was... Um, the, the biggest issue was... Uh, Apple does no no longer allows you to use WK WebView. I think it's WK Web WebView and wants you to use the other WebView, like the more recent one. And before it was a wedding or wedding, what the hell? <laughs> before it was a warning, and uh, and now it's an error. So I fixed that. And then there was another issue where like the build fails if you don't sign these like new terms of service agreements. Mm-hmm. It's fucking horseshit. Anyway, uh, so. Figured out all this, and uh, I the settings stuff. I uh, Reverb exposes a GraphQL API endpoint to get the settings, and it works like if you have a user account or don't have a user account. Um, and the thing that I didn't get to was the ability to display those settings in the app. Okay. Um, and there's several reasons for that. Uh, one is I went on vacation. Mm-hmm. And two, man, I'm just lately, I've been feeling very, very overwhelmed. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with what's going on in the world, but other things has to do with it. Like, like I came into this project knowing that it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Um, And originally I had two people 
you may have may know known the first one, the other person. Uh, um, yeah. And it's kind of like like left me questioning <laughs> um what to do because I have I have two big issues. Um one is uh there's a lot of work to be done and there's still a lot of work to be done and every every week that goes by I I don't see the progress I want to see. Mm-hmm. And I and it's tiring to like take every decision that I need to make and just put it on myself, which is the way I've been operating for, you know, 10 plus years or whatever. Yeah. And that can be very tiring and you don't know if you're making the right decisions in the different areas. And so that coupled with the fact that like there's zero marketing around this zero marketing effort. Mm-hmm. Um, even like my closest friends don't even know I'm working on this. And like, I just, my biggest fear is like putting all this work into something and launching it to nobody. And so I'm, I'm struggling with like, do I keep going? Um, do I focus on marketing efforts as far as like my own, my ability to get awareness out of what I'm doing and, and things like that? What did you just do? Uh, did you just no. tap your mic or something? No. Okay. Well, that's weird. Sorry. Okay. I heard like, boy, I, 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 I. It'll, <laughs> it'll show up in the recording. Don't worry about it. It, it might be, it might be my head exploding. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, okay. So yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Like the, the marketing thing totally makes sense to me. Like you, you kind of in your mind don't know if this thing has product market fit. Is that mm-hmm. what you're kind of getting at? Mm-hmm. And that, that mm-hmm. like actually makes it way scarier because you could go and build this thing and like get no traction, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. would super suck, obviously. Right. It's been a, a big investment of time. And um, yeah. Just- also, and the way to find product market fit is you have to have people to like market to. And it's like, mm-hmm. I've, I've spent no time. I have no time to spend on like finding where these people are and, and getting involved in that community. So. I've just been kind of really down and and not really wanting to to work on it because all of that stuff combined, I'm just like, you know, I've just been kind of taking a break a little bit in the last mm-hmm. week. I still want this to exist. I still think it's going to be an amazing thing. It's um, and in my mind, it's there's nothing out there like it. So, and I know it would hugely benefit me in the long run. It's just. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Gotcha. Yeah. I honestly, if you need that motivational factor, like it might be worth just stepping away from the code and just trying to go find people who would potentially be interested in this just to kind of like pitch it as a thing. Granted, I know you said you don't have the time either. Right. So that's an obvious Well, I would have the time if I don't work on it. Like there's like, because I'm just one person, like I can only focus my efforts on. And then my other thing was, okay, well, let me go find another co-founder. Okay. Well, I have to stop working to find a Mm co-founder. And so like, do I do that? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of like questions I have around just the whole continuing. Yeah. Well, Um, you think about it and you're like, if I have to stop working, then it's going to come out slower. Well, it's going to come out slow if you can't work with, you know, some amount of enthusiasm for it. Or if like it's, you're, my, you're getting my kind of trapped by a little bit of 
paralysis by the yeah. the unknown stuff, you know? Yeah. My enthusiasm about the product uh-huh. is, is still very high. Like I want it to exist. I want to work on it, but mm-hmm. it's like, that's what I want to do. And like the end goal is to not be able to just program something. The end goal is to sell something and make a living and, and create a good business out of it. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I'm just looking at the picture long. I, I, I don't know. I'm just really, really at a loss to be honest. Um, the other thing is I wanted to have this done by the uh, September 1st, which is typically, you know, I've looked at the last 10 or so iPhone launches and they usually mm-hmm. are announced in the middle of September and launch like one week later. So towards the end of September. So I was like, all right, so September 1st sounds like a good date to get in the app store, make sure everything's good, uh, clean up stuff and things like that. So that, but there's no way that's going to happen. Like I made a list of all the, the things I want to have done Mm-hmm. And just the bare bones stuff is like, it's, it's just, there's just no way. So, and, and I don't know if that's even necessarily a, needs to be done. Like what is, go, what is it going to get me to be in the app store when the new phone comes out? I, I don't yeah, know. that's, that's true. Like right. you're making kind of an evergreen app in a way, right? It's not going to rely yeah. on any new features of the iPhone. Yeah. Um, and that's, those are what I would guess would be the things that are most popular yeah. uh, around those launch times or like this thing that uses new API in iOS 14. Yeah. Like the new, like, I was like, oh, I saw, you know, all the app clip stuff. I was like, oh man, I could really probably use some of the app clip stuff for users that don't have accounts yet. And like, I could use some of those new features a lot, mm-hmm. but, and, and those are the apps that like Apple will promote. But there, mm-hmm. there's, there's no way they're going to promote a, a non-knowing, you know, nobody's heard of an app before. So mm-hmm. I don't think that um, timeline matters that much, but I still need some sort of timeline to, to dive into. So, yep. Yeah. I uh, Maybe you just need intermediate timelines for features and stuff to give yourself a little bit of uh, like, say, I'm by this date, I'm going to have this thing done. Right. I actually have been giving a uh, productivity um, like speech, I guess not speech. It's more like it's a presentation to the other people in, at my company who do my job as we've been doing like kind of a re-onboarding sort of situation. And that was one of the big things I'm trying to hit home to people. It's like, if you want to see things get done, like you need deadlines for them. And mm-hmm. the problem that we run into is we set deadlines that are like too far away or they're for too big a scope kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. if you have a deadline for the whole project, that's awesome to have it, you know, a month and a half, two months out, but to keep yourself consistently moving you need like little deadlines to where you can be like this is really the only thing that i care about right now all those those eight other features they have their own deadlines and you know when i want those to be done by i don't have to think about those anymore i'm just going to think about this and that can definitely be help just because it alleviates the burden of choosing for one um and kind of keeping you motivated in that way but yeah, you sound like you're a little just discouraged at the moment. I think if I were in your shoes, obviously one of the reasons why you're probably not going to meet your goal for this is that I swept the like pulled the rug out from under you and just abandoned the project. So there's that. You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I were you in, in your shoes and I was really like having that any sort of concern or doubt that like I would have product market fit, I would just halt kind of working on it right now and go and try to 
find people on Reddit or Facebook or whatever and just kind of be like, hey, I've been sort of having this idea. Like, does this sound good to anybody? Or like, would I, would anybody even, is there anything that you would think would make this different than what you're currently using? I'd love to know, like reach out to me kind of thing and just get some conversations started. Because that was one of the reasons I'm actually kind of enthusiastic about uh, Pokédex is it kind of came up. I was like actually looking for this thing a few, like a year ago. And I was like on Reddit and I was like, has anybody ever found something that does like X, Y, Z? And they're like, uh, there's a thing on Android that kind of does like a third of that. But yeah, if you ever find this, let me know. And there was like a bunch of people on that like particular Reddit thread that were like, yeah, dude, if you ever find this, please post uh, and tell me about it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I at least have some people who would be interested in this. And that's like a relatively small community. So like just having those conversations was really helpful to me because I was like, you know, I can find a little bit of interest and that uh, motivated me. Yeah, I can find, I'm not worried about finding people that if I, if I describe something and I'm sure I'll find people say, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds good. But the big issue with product market fit is people have to give you money for that thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's the, how do you get people to pay money for something that doesn't exist yet? You know, there's been a lot of examples of that over the years, but a lot of those people have like large audiences and they get fast feedback. Like, I don't know how I would go around, go about doing, doing that. Like I have no idea. Um, So one of my ideas that I had was to kind of just go back and look at like successful projects that became popular and kind Mm -hmm. of, and kind of see how that happened and see any useful bits. I also have a list of books that I'm going to read, but it's just all stuff. That's like, it's just slow moving, man. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And there's, there's another part of me. that's like, I want to work on something that's more meaningful than this to society. Um, Oh yeah. It's just a lot of different, a lot of different things, man. So, so I don't know. I've just been, kind of wallowing in, in, uh, overwhelmingness. I, I go through this, uh, every product, uh, launch. So like who the hell is actually going to use this? But mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, spent two years of my life doing, working on this thing. Um, you know, not, not two years total, but no. over the span of two years. And, uh, it's something I've wanted to exist for like 10 years, you know? So, yep. So I don't know. I don't know. That's where I'm at, man. So I have no idea what's in the next two weeks. Okay. Well, I mean, you'll uh, maybe you just need to take some time off. Yeah, that's what I did the last two weeks. So. That's true. That's true. I mean, you took a little bit of time off. I did see a, a couple of pull requests come through, so it's not like you were doing nothing. Yeah. Um, but I've been uh, yeah been been riding my Super seventy three a lot too. So nice. So uh, sweet. I wheels. really haven't been been doing too much um oh the other thing i've been doing though those pull requests actually came from my ipad so i've been working uh strictly on my oh, ipad oh that's just fancy on, on chronic yeah yeah i was like there was a bunch of like issues with um my development setup on ipad and um so i fixed all those and i just wanted to use my ipad for a while and Nice. Are it's you still nice. doing the thing where you like connect to a digital ocean droplet or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Edit yeah, I have nice. a digital ocean cool. droplet. I'm using Mosh uh, with Blink. So Blink okay. is the, the iPad app and Mosh is the SSH uh, tech 
that I'm using to SSH into it. Cool. Yeah. And then just, just since I use Vim, I don't really need a, a text editor uh, mm-hmm. outside of the terminal. So it's a, uh, it's it's really nice, man. With the new keyboard, it's nice, and I'm really excited. I, I love the iPad, man. iPad's like my favorite device that Apple makes. Yeah, so. I use an iPad to watch videos on YouTube. So. <laughs> that's, that's I about wish. It. Yeah, I wish there was a way to develop iOS applications on it. But so anytime I'm working on the actual app, I have to have to use my uh, what are these things called? Computers. Computers. Ugh. Yeah. Who needs so. them? So anyway, well, little tiplet tidbit. I'm, I'm gonna take it as a tiplet. It's fine. Tiplets uh, title. Yep. All right, dude. Well, I uh, if you and I if you want to talk off air about stuff for your next two weeks, we can totally do that. Um, but I will talk to you in two weeks. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye.